believe it. I can't believe Brady's gone. It's so terrible. I know. I know. But you gotta keep it together, Trudy. I've got every right to fall to pieces! But you can't. It's okay. She's gonna be fine. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 10 of Conversation on the Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Colin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 10, the screenplay was done by James Wiley. It was directed by Costa Boats, and the episode synopsis were read out by Liz. As the tribe's supply of antidote begins to dwindle, all hopes rest on Tysan being able to recover her memory of the formula. Patsy returns to the mall, but her presence is too much for Trudy, who feels increasingly isolated among her fellow tribe members. Casey continues to search for a way out of his predicament, while Jack and Ellie find an answer to their questions about the virus. Okay, panel, a lot to go through in this episode. Um, so let's jump right into the um, open emotional scene between Trudy and Bray as they share their combined grief over the loss of Brady. However, it ends with Bray stating that Trudy needs to keep it together. As you can imagine, this doesn't go over really well, and Trudy lashes out that this is all Patsy's fault. So, panel, what do you make of Bray's efforts here to console Trudy? He's a friggin' idiot. <laughs> is this boy even capable? Of supporting someone properly? I don't know, man. I he he, he did a better job comforting Chloe when like mm-hmm. she felt like the mall was falling apart, and even then he was barely trying than he does here. I this is a chance for Bray to really show his empathy of feeling what Trudy's feeling. And he's kind of brushing off her feelings like she, you know, lost a bike, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this is a child, Bray, and you're telling your get it she does need to keep it together but it's like can't you just let her feel what she's feeling the kid disappeared like an hour ago um i don't know i and for once he has all good reason to just totally fall apart i just i just can't with bray nope yeah i I agree with that if there was ever an episode or i guess a moment in time where trudy can just completely break down go completely mental um, I think now justifies her doing that because I think we can all understand. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can't even imagine losing a child or a child being kidnapped. But again, yeah, this just lets you know that Bray is just a pretty face in the series. And he's not necessarily the, what's the word? The sharpest tool? <laughs> yeah, the sharpest tool. He's a tool, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He's 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 still learning, and I guess he becomes. Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead, but he's gonna learn. Hopefully, hopefully, he's he's gonna learn to be a lot better of uh, mental support for his friends. I mean, that was gonna be my next question. Like, do you think Bray ever really displays much empathy? No. Well, <sighs> more for the children than for anyone else, but definitely not for Trudy. I mean, maybe he just used up all his patience with Trudy in season one, you know, and he has to refuel and he's not, he's not topped off yet enough to deal with her. That's possible. He's still keeping his distance from her. We have seen that, you know, Trudy was attempting to bridge that gap between them and he did not seem a hundred percent receptive of that. So it's possible that he's still just in a place where he doesn't really want to deal with Trudy emotionally. That's possible. 
Um, I, the only thing I can really say for Bray is that it's just, he's not comfortable with these emotions. We, we know that, and we know that he tends to try to be, tries to move away from them, tries to separate himself from them. Whenever Trudy got emotional in the past, Bray's answer was to basically run away from her. Um, and he, maybe it's, it's also possible Bray's trying to deal with his own trauma and he can't because he has to be in charge. He can't even be upset about Brady because he has to take care of Trudy. He can't be upset about Amber because he had to take care of his tribe. So it's possible Bray's just like in kind of a denial over what's going on because he can't afford to deal with these problems and they're too big. So he, in his normal way, is running from them, just pushing him down into the pit of his stomach so he doesn't have to actually face what this feels like, you know? Mm-hmm. No, right now I feel like that's giving Bray way too much credit for his behavior. That's okay. You don't have to agree. That's just, you know, me trying to understand the psychology of where he is right now. Um, because he definitely seems more vulnerable about Brady when he's not with Trudy, you know, just a little bit more upset about it. Like he's allowed to be upset about it when he's not around Trudy because, you know, he's not trying to act like, oh, I don't really know, but I do know that can happen. Sometimes you're around somebody who it seems like, you know, they have a bigger reason to be upset than you do. So you kind of just keep your own feelings to your side. Like, have you ever had, like, you lost a friend? Mm-hmm. And so when you're around their parents, you don't really gush about how bad you feel about the friend dying. Because, you know, the parents have it way worse than you. So you just keep it to yourself. You know, you don't go to the friend's parents and go, oh, my gosh, I'm so sad that Adam is gone. Because it's like, dude, if you're sad, how do you think they feel? They don't need you doing this to them. So you don't. So you wouldn't do that. You would just... You put their feelings ahead of yours and keep it to yourself how you feel. So maybe that's what Bray's doing with Trudy. Like, he knows Trudy has a bigger reason to be upset than him over Brady. So he's putting her feelings ahead of his. I don't know. I do think it would have helped her if he showed a little bit more feeling. Oh, probably. If he even showed that he cared. Because right now it doesn't seem like he does. Well, you know what? I think maybe that's maybe a little bit deliberate from the writers. Just from the point where, yeah, Bray has always been bad at handling feelings and showing empathy throughout the series, but maybe he's pretty uh, cold now towards, in season three, what's going to happen with between him and Trudy, that he's going to be a lot more receptive to her and a lot more forthcoming. That's true, too. He kind of learns by the time season three, he understands the way we've treated Trudy, the way we've been with her and her emotions. You know, she ended up feeling rejected. You know, um, so maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. It's a, like a lesson he has to learn about how you deal with people and what they're going through. Who knows? I, it's not the best writing, but I mean, I kind of understand where Bray is coming from. He's at least trying to empathize with Trudy. He's just bad at it as usual. You know, <laughs> he's really, really bad at this. I mean, this leads to like the ultimate question as well. Like, how connected do you think Bray is to Brady? And I say this because like, there's a scene later on with Ebony where she says, um, talks about obviously you've lost your niece and Bray's just there with his head tilted to one side. And then the scene earlier with Trudy, he's just lounging in the doorway looking just ridiculous, to be honest. I, I would, how connected do you think Bray really is to Brady? Honestly, I feel the way you do about Dal and Amber. Like, you keep telling me that this is a close relationship, but you don't show me this relationship at all. I'll tell you how close they are. When was the time you saw, you saw him hold her, or play with her, or be in the same room? <laughs> well, only at the beginning, when she was a good prop to get girls. 
it's it's like he's slightly glad that she's gone because that's one responsibility he doesn't have to worry about anymore. She's not there, so oh well. I think Bray is as close to Brady as uh, this might be a horrible analogy, but I think Bray and Brady's relationship is kind of like what you would see in 90s Disney movies, whereas like the exchange exchange family member all of a sudden has to take care of this other family member that they'd never met before, have no relationship with. And now us as an audience, we just have to believe that there's going to be something there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just a simple fact that they didn't put the work in for Brady or Bray. And, ju- you know, they just assume that this is a very special relationship, even though they don't actually ever show us how special this is. They don't really show us how much Brady means to Bray. I can, impl- I can infer that she matters to him, you know, that he wouldn't want anything bad to happen to her, but he does take her for granted, you know, that she's just there. Her mother's taking care of her and I don't have to be a part of that or do anything to make sure this child is okay. Um, you know, but he really does kind of put her on the back burner as someone he doesn't have to interact with. And granted, a lot of people see babies that way, but uh, yeah, I think it's just a detriment and they never they never wrote anything in for brady and bray but they keep relying on the fact that they were so close that like she matters so much to him and i do think on an emotional level she does but he doesn't know her he doesn't have a relationship with her but again she's just a baby so right now i actually wonder if there was a lineup of babies if bray could pick out his niece we already know he can't yeah, <laughs> yeah. well nobody in that yeah. could like, we already know that he can't pick her out of a lineup because he's never actually looked at her face. And um, In terms of, like, maybe being somewhat of a father figure towards Brady, I think that's where Bray gets lost in being there for Brady. Agreed. Agreed. When it comes to Brady's physical well-being, Bray is all for that. He will always make sure she has a roof over her head, food in her stomach. Is her mother safe? Blah, blah, blah. But again, Brady's only, like, what, a month too old, you know? I can't say I was super close to my nieces and nephews at that age, you know, I loved them, you know, I would die for them, but it didn't, I didn't know what their favorite stuffed animal was, I, you know, so I get it, I'm just, I agree though, they don't do a very good job of showing what Bray must feel for her, but I do think a lot of that just has to do with Bray repressing a great deal of what he feels, and not sharing that with anyone, and uh, not wanting to share it with Trudy because he doesn't want to misconstrue what they are to each other, you know? So he keeps his emotional distance from her, too. And it makes him just come off as indifferent. Mm-hmm. That's why Bray, Bray needed a friend. He needed a real friend to talk to. Well, you know what it also is? I bet Bray kind of feels a little bit weird, maybe a little bit awkward, just in terms of now Brady is the only thing that reminds him of, of Zoot. Of all the horrible things Zuda's has done, you're always going to remember that when you look at Brady. Yeah, but he'll remember that when he looks at Ebony as well. So, eh. I think when he looks at Brady, he remembers all the things he wants to remember about his brother. The purity mm-hmm. he wants to, he's you know convinced. That's who my brother really was. Yeah, you know, He remembers Martin. Yeah, when he sees Brady, that's what he sees. He sees Martin, not Zoot, you know. But yeah, she's just a baby and he's a teenager. He already made it clear he didn't want that actual responsibility <laughs> of taking care of her. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want to play daddies. I don't want to play happy families in a looted shopping mall, you know. And yet he's better at playing a happy daddy for Chloe. Only because he has to do it once in a while. <laughs> Only once mm -hmm. in a while does he have to, like, play daddy for Chloe. And that's he's just playing big brother for Chloe. Oh, is she sad? Let me say some minimum good advice and then send her on her way. Or hand her some pets. Because you'll notice when his advice to Chloe is always like, it's not a big deal. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm not actually listening to you, kid. <laughs> no, it's it's scary to realize, but Lex actually listens better to KC than Bray listens to anyone. Yeah, but also Lex <laughs> treats everyone like garbage. That's not that much of a bonus. <laughs> yeah, at least he listens. What good is it to listen to people if you don't actually use that to help them or make things better for them? Come on. Yeah, but see, not acting on it is a conscious choice. Mm. And Bray just chooses not to get involved in the first place. I don't know. I'd rather deal with Bray's indifference than Lex's destruction. <laughs> Come back to Bray in a bit, because we'll, we'll mention, obviously, the lack of any searching going on. Mm -hmm. But um, let's contrast his attempts to um, console Trudy with Celine, because um, we let us see Celine attempt to raise Trudy's spirits. It must be awful. I understand. Really, I do. How can you? Only a mother can understand how I feel. Someone who's actually carried around a baby for nine months and gone through hell giving birth. I love Brady just as much as anyone else. I was there for her when she needed me. Rudy angrily says that only a mother could understand what she's going through. Celine bites back by reminding her of just how much she looked after Brady when Trudy was unable to. See, a panel, um... What did you think of Celine here? Do you think she was going too far or do you think it was necessary to get through to Trudy in this way? You know what? I get both of their points of view and I don't think either of them is right or wrong. Um, I completely understand what Trudy's trying to say. I, I've had conversations with people where you're trying to express the, the pain, the fear, the anxiety that you suffer as a parent when you're worried about your child. Okay. Or, you know, and you're trying to express that to someone like, oh my gosh, I never thought... I would feel this, this fear, this anxiety for this little person, all this responsibility that comes with it. And this person tries to almost like, you know, compare their love of their dog to what you're feeling for your child. And you're like, um, mm -hmm. I appreciate what you're saying, but these are not the same thing. You know what I mean? And it, it's like, instead of just listening to what you're saying about what you're feeling, you know, they're comparing it to something that in your eyes feels a little more, little like trivial in comparison. And um, that can be really upsetting when someone does that to you. And you're like, no, you don't know what this is like because you are not in my shoes. Okay. You didn't push a person out of your body. And, you know, now you have your DNA out in the world. You don't know what this is like. Okay. And so I get where Trudy's coming from, but I completely also understand what Celine is saying is that you're not the only person who cares about this child. I love this child too. And I'm allowed to be scared for her just as much as you are. Please don't discount my concern for her just because I'm not her mother. I'm as close to one as she had while you were going through your, you know, and um, so I get where they're both coming from. Yeah. And yet it's nowhere. To, it, indeed, it's nowhere near the same. No, I'm not saying it is. I'm saying I, I understand both of them. Yeah. If I was Trudy, I wouldn't want somebody acting like, yeah, I really understand how you feel. But like, no, you don't understand how I feel. And if someone, if I was talking to Trudy and she was expressing this, I wouldn't pretend I understood how she felt. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, yeah. totally. You know, I, I ordered a taco salad and they gave me a Greek one. It was a tragedy. You know what I mean? I would just mm -hmm. be like, 
can't understand how you feel. I'm so sorry you're going through this, you know. But that just comes from maturity. And, you know, I Celine is really off point in a lot of ways yeah. she deals with in season two. So I'm not surprised that she, again, just isn't reading the signs. Um, it's like, oh, now you're concerned about Brady? You certainly yeah. weren't earlier. You know, you're talking like, I love her like a child. But when she went missing, the only child you were concerned with was Bra uh, Patsy. So, I mean, yeah. stop trying to compare it, Celine. It's not the same. But whatever. Nobody's being fair, so Nope. <laughs> I almost feel like the writers had Celine come to the door. Because they're like, oh, wait. Shouldn't Celine care? We forgot to write that in. So, because last episode, she really didn't give a crap what happened to Brady. And so suddenly they, re they were like, oh, we got to show that she does care what Trudy's going through. <laughs> She's pretty inconsistent. Trudy's response was so natural, though. Yeah, I agree where they're both coming from. But personally, if I was there, if I was a member of the tribe, I would just simply just tell Trudy that if she needs someone to talk to, needs someone to, to cry on or anything like that, then I will be there. But other than that, it seems like she just has to just be alone at this moment. Or not maybe not necessarily alone, but just let her know that her friends are here for her if she needs it. You know, here for because her, but you know... They're not, because if they were there for her, they would be out there looking for that baby. Right, 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 exactly. And, yeah, it, I mean, it just really just seems like no one is fit enough to handle this situation that Trudy is going through. We've seen it with Bray, now we see it with Celine. No one can really have the communication skills to try to cope with her, which is a very difficult thing to cope if you're not a parent yourself. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I do think that is one of the effective things that comes across with all the other defective stuff in the writing. The fact that these guys can't, they don't know how to approach this. They don't know how to handle it. They don't have the skills. And Trudy is being mishandled by her own friends because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They keep saying the wrong thing. They keep doing the wrong things. I'm looking at Trudy like, okay, if I'm not out searching for her child, because, duh, why isn't anybody out searching for this kid? Even mm -hmm. if it's hopeless. You know, just to show Trudy, hey, I care and I haven't given up on this. I'm going to try and find the baby. Or just listen to her vent. Stop trying to tell her to calm down. Stop trying to tell her what she's feeling. Just let her vent and mm -hmm. say what she needs to say while you listen like a supportive friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> just let her have her yeah. freaking feelings. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> There's just absolutely no reason for them to tell her to calm down. <laughs> <sighs> it gets me so mad. I mean, isn't that like a running joke that you don't tell someone to calm down when they're upset? <laughs> it would have been yeah. great. They're like, Trudy, just chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's basically what they're saying. She's just a baby. You can make another one. Totally cool. Like, Trudy, yeah, she'll find I mean, her way home. She's only a couple of months old. She's easy, easy enough to replace. I mean, barely knew her, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Woo, you guys are totally dropping the ball. Because I, I honestly, if I were Trudy, there's no reason I would have to think that these guys cared. Mm -mm. If I'd already been insecure about my relationship with the mall rats, this would just convince me, wow, I'm really not one of them. They have never considered me a part mm -hmm. of the family. And I was just kind of, they just felt bad for me. 
you know, and they really don't give a damn. That's how I feel. I agree with that. And maybe that's why Rudy uh, does a lot of questionable things in the future. And I, I think that's what the writers were going for. I really mm-hmm. do. Right. And I don't blame her for that. No, I still blame her. <laughs> oh, you and I are going to have fun, Carlin. My message to you is stay calm. Remain hopeful. Together, we will defeat this plague from the stars. Mankind will prevail. Jack and Ellie are finally able to watch the videotape from the Antidote building. And it turns out to be a recorded presidential broadcast in which the source of the virus is revealed to be particles from a comet. So panel, um, what did you think of the group's reaction to this news? And when you originally saw it, did you believe that this was the actual truth to the source of the virus? Something as reversed as that? Nope. This has never made any sense to me that this is a surprise to the kids. This was a presidential address, okay, about where this deadly virus had come from. Now, remember, we spent a whole season of people having no idea where the virus came from. It just came out of nowhere. And yet here you're presenting the the president actually made a statement to the world. Okay, this meant other presidents, other leaders were doing the same thing. And they all collaborated to come up with an idea. Okay, for where this came from. How did these kids never hear this story Mm -hmm. about the virus coming from outer space? Mm -hmm. Maybe it never got broadcast. No, but even if the president would have died. And this broadcast would have been recorded. They would have still broadcasted it somehow. This would have been front page news. Someone would have been alive enough to broadcast this. <laughs> been alive enough. <laughs> Why wasn't it broadcast? You might be right, Carlin. What if they decided to record this? Um, but then again, most of these are done live. So that's weird. But whatever. Let's say they decide to pre-record it and post it. Why didn't it? Why wasn't it broadcast? You have an entire world falling into chaos because of this deadly pandemic, you're going to want to give them some information, even if it's a lie, to quell the masses. So Mm -hmm. why wasn't this broadcast? This thing never made sense to me whatsoever. I mean, and this is all just guessing at this point, but it was probably never broadcast because it didn't matter (laughs) because everyone was going to die. No, we have to assume that it was broadcast because that was the whole point was to quell the masses from Mm -hmm. figuring out the truth. So we have to assume that it actually was broadcasted. Yeah. I don't understand why you would um, make this if, again, your point is to calm everyone down and then yeah. not broadcast it. Because, yeah, that was the point. It was the point was because it was a lie. He knew it was a lie, but he said this just to kind of give them something to latch onto. That was a lie to, to calm them all down. So, yeah, it must have been broadcast. And I just don't understand why the kids are like, oh, my gosh, we never even heard of this. Yeah. Like, I get it if you didn't see it. I know. How many kids watch the freaking a, a presidential whatever how many kids do that but you would have heard of this later your teachers would have talked to you about it, it would have been in the papers your parents would have all over the news yeah it would have been- <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be new for them you know i don't get this i don't know how these kids are like oh my gosh this is where the virus came from like how did you not know unless and here's a theory unless it's a master plan oh, a complete master plan that someone made the virus to wipe out a certain population of adults, right? And then to put out a fake news story that survivors would find to brainwash them even more to keep a certain demographic of people suppressed. Nah. Maybe. I don't know. This is just a guess. Carlin, Carlin, <laughs> sweetie, um, did any of that make sense as it was coming out of your mouth? Uh, listen, listen, this, 
nothing it's, makes sense. You have to kind of just, you know, no. think of something that can kind of somewhat make sense. No, Carla. If the writing doesn't make sense, you just have to say it doesn't. You don't rewrite it and No, and no, no, no. I refuse to believe that. If <laughs> if the writing is so bad that it don't explain anything, that I take it upon myself as a viewer to make stuff up, I guess. To to, oh, to make it. Oh, make you're sense one of those. If they're not gonna able exactly. to do that for us. I get it. You're one of those fans. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> that's what it but, is um, because right now we're debating we're debating if the if the thing was broadcast or not but you have to use the evidence that's available to us and what we know is that the president made this lie knowing that it was actually created by some kind of government institution but we don't know anything else about that so it was broadcast we must assume that and we have to assume that everyone should know about this yeah that's our question our our our, our condition our issue is that why don't these kids remember this broadcast? Why are they acting like they never knew any idea where this came from when there was legit a broadcast telling everybody, you know, this lie? Right. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I can fully understand Lex hasn't seen it or Ryan or Celine, but Ellie, come on. I mean, that kid wanted to be a journalist. The only thing that makes sense is that it wasn't broadcast. Even with the COVID stuff that happened and there was like a huge presidential address of it even if you're a kid and you don't watch the news you've seen it yeah yeah that's what we're saying so if it wasn't broadcast why did they make this why wasn't this broadcast that doesn't make sense it's a master plan no <laughs> no. no i don't buy this part of a master plan it's just sloppy writing i mean it's yeah. it's even easier to buy that you know that all the adults died or you know, the networks went down before they could broadcast it. That's even believe more believable than the crazy idea you just came up with. Okay, yeah. Obviously, you don't have to take what the, what idea I said to, to heart, but it had to be some form of plan okay. to cover think, yeah, think about it, Ben. Think of the timeline. So the, think about it. The presidential broadcast must have happened first before we started having the evacuation um, mm -hmm. protocols and all of that. So... It, it, like the thing sure. next timeline, it's had to have happened. This must have happened. So it is actually completely weird that no one knows about this. It would have been in the news. It would have been on radio. It would have been everywhere. Papers. Like how can yeah, no one knows about this. It's, Jack it and Ellie would have known. I, yeah, that's why I'm just like this whole thing is very sloppy. Because if it's like Carlin said, and they just never broadcast it, then I don't understand why they wouldn't have. This is obviously a deliberate lie to calm everyone down. Why would you not broadcast this and? then keep the tape somewhere. I don't get it. It's just stupid. And if it was broadcasted, how does nobody know that this is the lie that was told? Like, even if they believe it or don't believe it, the point is, this is what they would have heard about the virus. So this whole scene just never made any sense to me. Because the, the only thing that my mind does on this is that if it was broadcasted, the only way these kids wouldn't have known about it if, is if it was broadcasted after the kids were evacuated and they just didn't show the kids. But why on earth wouldn't you show the kids? Yeah, that the whole point was to stop panic and yeah. give them a, a source, something to lash <laughs> out against. And uh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I, it's, I mean, thinking about it, to me, it feels like something that was not done in the first place. But when crowds started to get upset, not complying with government, and that that was the point that they wanted to bring this out. But why they haven't, I have no clue, because it's just, it doesn't make sense that these kids haven't seen it. Well, you know what? Maybe it was just a practice. They're practicing it. 
and maybe just never got around to making the actual full one because clearly this looks kind of rehearsed right like they're rehearsing oh i mean yeah okay that's another thing so after the tape what we'll see in the next episode is like we we hear him say oh did they bought it like it was live like it was actually released yeah live. yeah i think they bought it yeah yeah so it makes it even make even less sense yeah that's true <laughs> the, the, way, the way he's talking is though he's addressing yeah. the nation live. Yeah. Was he addressing the nation or the world leaders? Whatever. Whoever he was addressing, the point is that he, it sounds like he was saying it to them live. And as soon as the cameras mm-hmm. went off, he thought he was off air. Then he's like, do you think they bought that? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's in real time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's so... not something you would say if you were recording it. <laughs> if you were recording it ahead of time like you were like okay mm-hmm. we're gonna record this and then we're gonna release it after the camera was off you wouldn't say do you mm-hmm. think they bought it you would say yeah. do you think they're <laughs> going to buy this you know what i mean like tense in your speech so his tense is in present meaning he just yeah. did this in front of everyone mm-hmm. rather than he it's going to be in front of everyone again sloppy writing sloppy writing that's why i'm suddenly thinking if it wasn't too other world leaders to cover up the fact that they knew that someone in their country messed up. So here's the thing. Is this guy uh, the president? I think it's insinuated that he is. Like, mm-hmm. Of this okay. fictional place that the kids live, he was the president. They even <laughs> refer to him as the president. So mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. That makes okay, I guess that makes sense. So I was just thinking like, what <laughs> if this wasn't even like the actual tape from the president or anything this is like from like a skit from a tv show and they just think it's real (laughs) (laughs) and that's why no one's heard of this broadcast because it never happened live from wellington it's saturday night (laughs) see this is one of the things where i i love season two again i still stand by the fact i think it is the best written season coherently from beginning to end compared to all the others but this is one of those moments where i feel like you know season one just felt like it treated its audience with a little bit more intelligence Mm-hmm. You know, whereas you can see season two, we're only 10 episodes in, and how many times have they pulled something where it's like you really expect your audience to be dumb to buy this or understand this? Um, there's some fast and loose. The storytelling is still great, but yeah, the details, the details. But did we think about this when we were the age of their uh, expected audience? Well, that's what I'm saying. Season one, they didn't just write thinking, oh, well, the audience is dumb and young and won't think mm-hmm. about this. They still wrote it. Mm-hmm. They expected the kids to use their brains, you know, and we admired that about the writing. They weren't talking down mm-hmm. to their audience. But it's moments like this in season two and going forth where you start to feel they aren't treating the audience with as much respect for their intelligence. They are talking down to them. They are seeing what they can get away with, and they're pulling these fast ones. And the more the seasons go on, you'll notice the more and more the logic just goes out the window because they're just, they are talking down to their audience. They're too dumb to understand this, so we don't even have to try and make this intelligent. That's all I'm just saying. Like, I don't expect the audience to get it, but I appreciated the fact that in the first season, they didn't treat them like they were idiots just because they're kids. You know what makes this even weirder is that because like Ray supposedly has this like ten series plan for the tribe, um, so he kind of had planned out the virus and where it was going and what had happened and what it would eventually lead to. So it's it's kind of weird that these points like don't 
<laughs> don't fit <laughs> in the scheme of things. Well, you can have a plan, but then when you have to deal with the reality of budgets and scheduling, and the plan goes out the window. <laughs> there are a lot of writers and directors who've had plans for their movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But like you know, like where the virus. Supposedly, he, he knew where the virus came from. He knew obviously the where it originated from. He knew what was going to happen with it and mutate and where it would go go on from that. Well, for them to not know, like in this instance, where it came from, the kids like you think he'd have planned that a bit better. I don't know. Well, maybe he was lying. It's not like writers <laughs> haven't lied about that, and there comes their stories. Uh, <laughs> J.K. Um, anyone? But. Um, <laughs> There are plenty of writers who have said, oh, yes, I planned that all along. <laughs> now you didn't. Now you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. funny. That's funny. <laughs> and I also, I also think the thing with Ray, too, why a lot of his stuff doesn't make sense is maybe because he didn't collaborate with many other people on it. I'm sure there are a lot of people next to him that are saying, like, are you sure this kind of doesn't make sense and stuff like that? He's like, no, 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 no. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. So he pulled a Lucas. I got you. <laughs> he had a. He just had an idea in his head of how this would all work. We just don't get to see how it all works. Right. Yeah. I mean, everyone's vision from like what they write on paper or what they have in their mind to what they write on paper to what they put in film is always going to be different than what you envis- envisioned it originally. That is true too. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. I guess it's just a shame for me because, like the, the the virus, I always find the vi- like these kind of concepts very interesting. It's like to, to see it not completely planned out and like detailed is just a little disappointing for me, like personally. And this is why I always take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> like when a creator makes something and puts it out in the world, and it's like, thank you, this is wonderful, we love it, and then you start asking them questions about it. I take whatever they say with a grain of salt. I really do. I respect their creation. I respect where they were coming from. But I also am aware that creators love to change the narrative, you know? And, like, Mm. even some of the best creators out there, if they were able to put their hands on their work so many years later, it wouldn't be the same work, you know? Because we change as people. We learn new things. So I'm just like, when they tell me, oh, yeah, Hogwarts didn't have toilets. People just pooped (laughs) in the hallways and used magic to make it go away. I'm like... Okay, JK, thanks. Just put put the books down, JK. Just stop. Let it go. <laughs> oh, that would have to make sense, though. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> the bathrooms are there for decorations. You just solved the bathroom <laughs> issue in the mall, didn't you? It's Tyson's <laughs> magic. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's very possible that you have to take things that Ray has said about his creation with a grain of salt, you know? Leave me alone! Then tell me, who took Brady? Have you got nothing to say? You stupid, careless, incompetent moron! So now I'm the villain, because I made her cry? You're going too far. You are unbelievable! I am the one who is suffering here, not her! What about me? None of you care. None of you. Okay, so having already admitted how lonely she's feeling in the tribe, Trudy is upset by the outpouring of joy at Patsy's return, which is thanks to Casey's attempt to bargain with Ebony having backfired. 
and Trudy confronts Patsy in front of the rest of the tribe, making her cry. Uh, okay, boy, there's a lot to talk about. Okay, first of all, panel, how did you react, first of all, to Trudy's admission about her isolation? Well, duh, why wouldn't she feel that way, for Pete's sake? Yeah, poor girl. I mean, nobody seems to give a damn, you know? They can't even pretend they give a damn. No. <laughs> it's written all over their faces with a, yeah, well... That's just Brady. She's yours. That's not our problem. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's almost a little bit baffling just to see just the lack of empathy people are showing right now. Because <laughs> I don't believe I've acted that way their age. I don't think I could. I've seen kids that age act that way. No, well. One or two. It feels a little bit too much like a hammer to the nose yeah. of, you know, like they are trying, the writers want Trudy to go off. They're trying to create a situation where Trudy will go off, okay? And because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't see everybody cheering Patsy's return. I really don't. I really don't mm-hmm. see half that tribe giving a crap when Patsy comes home. There are some people I see being very happy that she's safe and she's okay. But to the point that they're cheering loud enough that Trudy can hear it in her bedroom. <laughs> Come <laughs> on. Patsy's not the only child who's gone missing. You know, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. This is all so deliberate and lacking all subtlety to have everybody, including Lex, be like, yay, Patsy's home. Like, since when did Lex give a crap? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you guys are trying to make this girl lose her mind so she looks like a crazy person. I think that's the thing. I think that's what they're trying to do. I've always said, after seeing season one and two, I believe that certain individuals in the tribe do things deliberately to get Trudy into that state of mind of the Trudy, the moody, you know, phase. And yeah, but come on in this moment. I know. Well, listen, you're not going to like my answer, but I think everyone is feeling really down about everything that's happening. And they probably feel like the only way to make them feel better is to see Trudy, the moody. No. <laughs> no, it's horrible. No, 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 no. It's horrible. I know. They are the way they're acting. He's not entirely wrong. They certainly do behave as though look. This will totally set her off. That's how they're behaving. <laughs> like they're trying to make this young yeah. woman go mad, so they can be like, "Oh, you're just crazy. That's your problem." It's the same thing with kids do in the zoo when they like tap on the glass, do something. <laughs> <laughs> Cheer me up. Find a happy place, find a happy place, find a happy place. <laughs> no, for real, it's like it isn't just the lack of empathy. It, it does feel like they're actively trying to piss Trudy off. Like it does. Wow. I'm like, this is wow. just too much of a coincidence for you all to be behaving this way. This feels very purposeful. Yeah. And then they have the nerve to be shocked when she comes downstairs, you know, because they were gleefully shouting at Patsy's return. Uh, I'm like, you guys set her up to lose her mind. Nobody, I, I don't, I don't, again, all I can say is that the, the writers know that Tr- Trudy will betray her friends to the Chosen. And they want her to have a very good reason for having done it. That's all I can think. They're just trying to set up <laughs> Trudy to be in the perfect headspace that the Guardian will be able to use her properly. And I'm just like, what the heck? The scene didn't make any sense. Why is everyone behaving this way? Not a single person greets Trudy when she comes down the stairs. Like, oh, crap, we were being really noisy. How insensitive of us. Like, Trudy, are you okay? Hey, how about we go back upstairs? Nobody steps in. If they really think what she's doing (laughs) by shouting at Patsy is so wrong, 
take her away. You know she's upset. So be like, mm-hmm. Trudy, come with me. Or Patsy, come with me. Let's separate these two. They shouldn't be together. No, they watch this play out so they can glare at Trudy oh. and gaslight her. Like, you're just crazy. You've always been crazy. We don't know what's wrong with mm-hmm. you. I'm like... Not you're telling me that nobody else is looking at Patsy going, Well, you did neglect to watch the baby, so you know, mm-hmm. that's a good reason for being upset with you. I'm just like, why did you stage the same this scene this way if for no other reason than to be like, Yes, Trudy's gonna betray her friends and this is the reason why? <laughs> and she's totally justified in doing so. It's it's not well written in my opinion at all. I think you mentioned this like was it last week? Like if if we as a viewer hadn't known that Patsy was safe her coming in at this moment could have been a nice little moment a bit of joy in the darkness but the, the way everything is written and the characters it's just it's awful we know she's fine you know she's we fine we keep seeing that she's fine she was fine all along she was just being a whiny scared little <sighs> girl that didn't want to go home because she knew someone was going to be mad at her for losing the baby Yet no one, no one but the mother is mad at her because everyone's all, "Oh, poor Patsy." Yeah, I mean they're laying <laughs> it on really thick with the poor Patsy. And yeah. then there, where's the poor Trudy? There's, I don't see a bunch of people saying "poor Trudy, poor Trudy." It's just a poor Patsy. Even when they're asking reasonable questions, there's like there's some people actually asking, "Do you remember anything? Did you see anything?" Which, okay, cool. Try to get some information from the last person who was watching the child. Even then, you have Chloe going, "Don't bully her. She's tired." And it's like, oh. "Shut up, Chloe. Shut <laughs> up, Chloe." <sighs> they're not bullying her. They're asking her relevant questions for an investigation of a missing child. And of course, that's what, you know, Trudy walks in on. She's tired. Yeah. She's tired. <laughs> Hello. She's tired. Um, I don't, I don't know what they were. I'm just like, this is so poorly written. You know what could have made this work? Like, if they want me to care. And this could have been a beautiful, tragic moment. If, like you said, we didn't know what happened to Patsy. Like, after she ran off. We were give it's insinuated that maybe Patsy runs into trouble too. Then we would be just as worried. Like, oh my gosh, I hope Patsy's mm-hmm. okay. You know, and so when she, you know, waltzes into the mall because Bob found her, we would be like, Oh my gosh, she's okay. And yes, we'd want to celebrate with the others who are worried about her, and then to have Trudy Watson, and then it's heartbreaking because it's like, yes, one child came home, but another didn't, and then you could have your scene and everything. But the way that it sets us up is just like Trudy's being treated like she's a lunatic for being upset. And well, this kid was just right around the corner in a freaking trash. And it's one of those things where I'm just like, do you guys just hate Trudy as a character? Because there's no sympathy for her in this writing whatsoever. You're telling the audience that Trudy's in the wrong for being upset about her daughter and that Patsy's the real victim here. And while I feel bad for Patsy, she's not the freaking victim here. No, I don't even. I don't even blame her for the baby disappearing. I understand that it wasn't. It wasn't like um, intentionally neglectful. You know, right? It was an innocent mistake. But she's not the victim. Trudy is. Brady is. Yeah, like when Trudy's having a genuine outpouring of grief, and the more I'm just looking at her as if she's this monster, fucking <laughs> <laughs> Patsy, and like she's shouting, "None of you care!" And it does look like none of them actually do give a crap. <laughs> Not a single person goes, "No, we do. We're sorry, Trudy. It's just yeah. we're really overwhelmed, and we don't think you should be screaming at Patsy." Nobody comes to her and puts their arms around her. Nobody. 
She's oh, right. Fuck. Nobody cares. Like you guys suck. They're all just staring at her. The, you know the look Bray gives her. That must feel. Like mm-hmm. You watch your baby, and none of them will rest. None of them will give you a comforting look or an arm around your shoulder or some kind of empathy. Like, oh no, Patsy, Patsy. Like, what? Wow. That's just crazy. Yeah, let's just all hug the kid that came home after throwing a fit and just neglect the mother who lost her child. This would have been maybe, maybe smart writing if they've, like what they did, made all the Marats seem like they're just don't care about Trudy. And then the only one that would show Trudy some uh, affection is Danny to, you know, not make her seem like such a, uh, I don't know, like a flower on the wall or a pot on the wall. Or it could also go into our theory that uh, I've already said that I believe the mall rats are the bad guys this season. Mm-hmm. And they have spent 10 episodes being very unlikable, most of them, and challenging our opinions of them. We still enjoy them, but we don't agree with how they're handling their power and the choices they're making to do with it. And they are the bad guys in many ways. They are the antagonists that they themselves would fight in another story or another season. So I kind of wonder if that is another reason they're written to be so unempathetic. It's almost like they're bringing the downfall of their own society on their own heads. Like, this is going to be your fault. You turned on one of your own. You left her adrift. I mean, it's probably also why they don't actually save her from the Trojan. But anyway, um... (laughs) So it's like maybe there's a writer who is just like trying to set up the the Marats to be the the key to their own destruction. Like it's all their own fault because of the choices they were making. They made terrible choices. They treated their own tribe members terribly and it made them vulnerable to a cult. And so like we're maybe we're not meant to feel bad when the chosen actually finally take over because the Marats did it to themselves. Yeah, I, I don't feel bad for it. I just can't with them. Not after this. Because if that's what they were going for, it's quite impeccable. Because <laughs> when I think about all of season two, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I always felt like the small rats brought everything upon themselves, you know? And um, because of the choices they made and that they were not prepared to run a city and their own hubris gets the best of them. And so, yeah, of course, it all comes crumbling down. And it's like, maybe that's what the writer's intention was. For you not to feel bad for them, to recognize they did this to themselves, you know? It's their fault Trudy ends up with the Chosen. It's their fault the Chosen were able to use her to bring them down, you know? And so maybe that's what they're going for, for us to not actually have any sympathy for the mall rats because of the way they're treating each other. And they're not being empathetic to basically anyone. One of them blows up and all they care about is the antidote rather than her life, you know? Um, Mm Mm-hmm makes you think but they did a great job at making me hate the other mole rats yeah yeah it's just weird it honestly feels like a bad like dream (laughs) like a nightmare like why would people act this way and then also shout out to the actress who played trudy i thought her entire rant her entire uh dialogue or i guess not dialogue what's the word i'm searching for monologue i thought it was fantastic how she delivered it yeah it it hit me i was like i'm right there with you like when ryan was saying she'd gone too far i was like no she hasn't you're all just standing there celebrating none of you gone out to actually search you're just like in the mall and like no you deserve that and more <laughs> seriously mm-hmm. and legit of her whole tribe only two people have gone to her room to try to offer mm. comfort 
They weren't the best at it, but they at least made an attempt to see if she sure. was all right. Two of them out of an entire group have checked on her. And yet they're all celebrating because Patsy made her way home. Yeah, she's got two legs. She can do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, I just, um, I'm, I don't. Like I said, all I can think is the only reason this is written, because this is just so obviously written to, to paint Trudy like she's a psychopath. She's being gaslit by the entire group about what she's going through. And even the kindest people in that group who would normally show her sympathy or care are staring at her like, what's your problem? Mm. She didn't drop a snow cone, guys. You know? Mm -hmm. She didn't throw her dolly out of the pram. This isn't a tantrum. But that's how they're all treating her, as though that's what it is. And I'm just like, what were you going for, writers, unless you want the mall rats to be the bad guys? Which, in case, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. Well, you know what? There's no good guys. There's no good guys in season two. We'll just say that. Alice. Alice is a good guy. I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. But she still hangs out with the bad guys. So <laughs> doesn't make her. It doesn't make her a bad guy. You're judged by the company you keep. <laughs> no. Nah, I don't. I don't actually believe that. <laughs> Does anyone want to talk about Casey? Um, no, I don't care anymore. Oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I'm over. <laughs> over. I do not care. I, just... <sighs> I don't care. I'll only say one thing about the Casey situation: is that Lex is right. Play on your dumbness as a child, and you'll get away with it. You'll totally mm -hmm. get away with trying to kill one of your five members. As long as you're like, I'm just a dumb kid. It'll work. And he's not, mm -hmm. not wrong. <laughs> yeah. These guys are idiots. Go ahead. I mean, they don't give a crap about anything anyways. <laughs> exactly. They clearly That's don't true. care about Tysan's life. So go ahead and come clean, Casey. <laughs> They'll just send you to the farm to muck out the pigs. You're fine. What's a life worth anyway? Yeah, that's it's all Tyson's fault for keeping the energy to herself. Remember, mm -hmm. Judy's fault for hiring a babysitter. You know what I mean? Like that's their logic for having a baby in the first place. Exactly. So go ahead. How Casey. dare she gets pregnant? Huh? How dare she? <laughs> How dare she get someone else to watch her kid for an afternoon? Ugh, worst mother ever. Go ahead, Casey. I don't care. <laughs> Just don't care anymore. I'm tired of these people. The accident made me realize I've been wrong to keep the formula to myself. Our future depends on this antidote. So I've decided to share my knowledge. At last. Okay, let's, let's go about one of the big moments of the episode. So um, throughout the episode, we see Alice attempting to help Ty Sam recover her missing memories and piece together the fragments of her life. And being successful, Ty Sam does recover the knowledge of the antidote formula, but she tells the group that due to her close call, she'll be sharing a formula with one other person, and that happens to be Bray. See, so yeah, panel, um, yeah, what did you make of this decision? I thought it was a wise one. Yeah, he's the best option of well, all the blabbering idiots they have out there. I mean, she wasn't going to pick Ebony. She would picking Celine would have been useless. You know, the only other person she might have chosen was Jack. I think yeah. Jack or Dale. She yeah. chose Bray because she understands his intentions. She may not agree yeah. with his actions, but she does agree with his intentions. She sees Bray. She was one of the few people during the water trial to say that's just not where Bray mm -hmm. is coming from, um, which is the only useful thing she says during the water trial, but whatever. <laughs> so I completely understand why she chose yeah. Bray. She trusts him. She trusts his intentions. She trusts his motivations. You know, she knows that Bray doesn't ever intentionally try to cause harm. He may be dumb and do it anyway, but it's never on purpose. 
So I thought he was a good choice if you're only going to choose one person. I'm still not sure why Tyson hasn't just said, screw it. Everybody should just know. Uh, I think at this right. point, it, it's possible. You know, we understand that there's a lot she forgot when she did have her near-death experience. Um, some people have commented that she seemed a lot nicer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, duh. If you don't remember why you have a defense mechanism up, you're not going to have a defense mechanism up. You're going to leave the alarm off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um So, of course, her behavior is much more passive and kindly because she doesn't remember why she tends to keep a guard up with people. And if you don't remember the reason you wanted to keep the antidote to yourself in the first place, yeah, you know, I'm just like, okay, this is fine. This makes sense. Um, I loved her and Alice. Again, Alice is a freaking superstar, one of the few people who's acting like a decent human being in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I love the way she handles Tysan. Like, everybody else kind of annoyed me. Like, they didn't know what not remembering means. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what? You don't remember me? I'm Dal. Like, duh, she doesn't remember anything, Dr. Dal, you freaking idiot. Do you not know what that means? I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Tyson is only alive because Alice knows how to keep people alive, not because of Dal. Well, Dal's three fingers did do a lot. <laughs> 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 He was testing if she could speak. Oh my gosh. Um, Alice was just, I love the way she guides uh, Tysan through the situation. She doesn't push her. She doesn't pressure her. She doesn't startle her. You know, she's very Mm -hmm. gentle and kind with her suggestions. And she also never treats Tysan like her remembering is the most important thing. Her concern always feels like it's for Tysan. Mm -hmm. Even when she realizes Tysan doesn't even remember the antidote, Alice, if she's panicking, she's keeping it inside. She does not show it to Tysan. And she's just like, okay. She just explains what the antidote is and how it keeps them all alive. And then just makes a gentle suggestion. Why don't you, you know, play around in here? And maybe things will come back. If inside she's screaming, we're all going to die. She's keeping it to herself. (laughs) Alice is just another. And she's just her superstar self. Again, you know. Because she's Alice. Because she's Alice. (laughs) Yeah, she's great. But honestly, I've I think well, I, I think Tyson should have picked someone who has literally nothing to gain for having knowing the formula. So I would have picked either Jack or Ryan. Most likely Ryan. Yeah, but those two would easily they may not have anything to gain, but they would easily be used by someone else. I yeah. love Ryan Ryan, but he would easily be taken advantage from someone else. And Jack has already shown that he can't be trusted. Okay, he's done a lot of shady stuff because someone else was able to influence him or threaten him. Okay, that's all he did in season one was let Lex threaten him into doing really shady things. I would not give the antidote to Jack. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm I'm still sticking with Ryan, but I'll change Jack to Dale. I meant to say Dale. All it takes is one person to get to Ryan and convince him. I'm not sure. Ryan, Dude, Ryan has totally face. done it. Ryan was willing to let Bray get kicked out because of the water, just because he was convinced it was the right thing to do to protect Zandra. You know yeah. what I mean? That's old. He's, That's old, Ryan. No. He hasn't no, changed that much. All you gotta do is threaten Celine, and he would give it up in a heartbeat. Okay, then, then yeah. who's the best person to know? Because Bray was completely taken advantage of. That's true. But again, of everyone, Bray is probably the one I would have picked yeah. if I had to pick anyone. Actually, I probably would have picked Alice. 
But Screw it, yeah, I'm thinking Danny. That's me. But of course, Zon- uh, Tyson doesn't remember Alice that much. She only has small memories of Alice because she hasn't known her that long. She has more memories of Bray. Mm-hmm. So she has more reason to trust her memories of him because she hasn't just met him. You know what I mean? So if I'm right. being Tyson and I'm looking at this group, I'm picking Bray. Yes. Of what I know. I'm going to pick him. You know? I mean, later on, I would have. Otherwise, other than Alice, I might have considered Ellie. Yeah. But not at this point in time. Yeah. It's too soon to make that judgment call for her. I'll pick Danny. Like, we know Danny actually would be trustworthy with the antidote because, again, we know that Danny only wants to do good with it. Um, even if she's a little psychotic about it, she does have good motives. Um, but again, Tyson has no reason to trust Danny at this point in time. She hasn't known her very long and she's very suspect of Danny's motivations. So oh, wait a second. It just makes sense that she would pick Bray. If, just simply thinking about it, when they had the antidote from Hope Island, Bray even said not to save him, but to save the antidote when they had the argument with Amber and Ebony. You know? Yeah, he was like, that's our last hope. You know, throw yeah. me, let me get thrown over the balcony. Just don't give it to her. You know? Yeah, so from what Tyson has seen, Bray would rather die than give up the antidote and that's what he's going on yeah mm, i'm trying to think who else would be better and who else would be good what about celine i think celine could do it no i can't no? see tyson trusting celine with it even i don't trust Celine with it. i'm thinking from tyson's point of view i'm thinking like what makes sense for tyson who should tyson choose yeah. based on what she knows and how she feels about people i don't see her picking celine either celine is unstable in tyson's eyes yeah. As soon as things go bad for Celine, she completely crumbles more than anybody else. Okay. Sure, sure, she's okay right now. But, you know, as soon as she's having a bad day, she she loses it. It's not a judgment of Celine, but I'm just thinking, like, would I want that person in charge of our lives? No. Right. <laughs> we'll just make sure she never has a bad day. You know, this is, you know, this is also a person who, when she was going through a bad thing, was willing to steal from the tribe and even let someone else take the fall for it. You know, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't trust her with it either. It is a hard thing to say because obviously we can only go on Tyson's fragmented memories, but um, it does feel a little bit weird that she wouldn't pick like the most kindest and obviously genuine person right in front of her, like Alice. It's because she hasn't known her for very long. No, no, later, I, I bet you anything, that. later Tyson uh, regretted it, not choosing Alice. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Alice, oh, but, oh yeah, Alice would have been great. Because, yeah, I, I mean, like, I, she's the only one who's been... Time, she just doesn't rem- She says, I remember you a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you feature in my memories, but she just doesn't know her well enough, so... But she's, like, the only one being genuine and kind to her. Like, why would you pick some other random person you don't know in your head? She does remember Bray, though. That's the thing. Like she remembers. How deep does her amnesia go? It's never. It's more like it's, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's more like just retrograde, and it's temporary. You know. Um, but uh, it's definitely yeah. a wake up call. I think that's what the most interesting thing about her amnesia is the wake up call it is for Tyson, and how much of her personality does it is altered by having had this experience. You know. Um, I'll say so. She lost her tacky sense of fashion, and now she's one of the best <laughs> dressed tribe members. <laughs> I do love that outfit on her. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I get it. I'm not saying I would have picked Bray. I'm just saying, like, Tyson, I understand why she did. I can't think of anyone else right now in that group of people. Well, he might find someone one day. 
I mean, he still really seems to miss Amber. No one could ever replace Amber, Danny. Even if they tried. And he approaches Celine about Trudy's behaviour and her belief that she and Bray are in a relationship. Um, and she makes the comment that Trudy's always blaming other people for her mistakes. And then, yeah, admitting that she hopes Bray finds someone one day, Celine tells her in no uncertain terms that nobody could ever replace Amber. Yeah, Panel, what did you make of that scene? <laughs> yeah, first of all, I wanted to hit Danny so badly because she's there. She's saying, oh yeah, but this is Trudy's own fault. You know, she's, she says Trudy's always blaming other people for her own mistakes. Mm -hmm. So she's basically victim-shaming Trudy for getting her kid kidnapped. Hell no. Yeah. <sighs> the scene is on... It, it's continuing that idea that somehow Trudy is irrational and crazy and has no right to be upset. And it's just, again, that sledgehammer to the nose. Like, why would you even say this? I don't feel like this belongs here. Again, they're treating Brady's kidnapping like treating mm -hmm. a tantrum over a boy she can't have. You know, um, this doesn't make sense with what's happening. And uh, But I'm not even that mad at Danny. She doesn't know Trudy. And Trudy has been hostile to her since she arrived. So she's made her own conclusions of how she feels about Trudy. Whether or not they're fair isn't the point. I'm letting Danny go. It's Celine I want oh. to wrangle in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, here's Danny saying, I don't understand Trudy's behavior. And it seems to me that maybe Trudy, you know, blames people for whatever she's going through. Okay, this is mm -hmm. Celine's chance to say, look, I know Trudy better than you do. Yes, she has a heightened emotional state, but blah, blah, blah. This is the time for her to defend her friend. Mm -hmm. Especially when Danny says, she seems to think there's something going on with me and Bray. And she's really defensive about it. What does Celine say? Oh, she thought the same about me, but she was wrong. Who rewriting history right here? She just said Trudy's a crazy person. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry. This makes me so angry. She literally speaks as though Trudy's suspect, you know, suspecting Celine and Bray being a couple was all in Trudy's freaking head. Celine's mm -hmm. a freaking liar. <laughs> oh. You know what? This this tells us two things. One, it tells us that clearly, I, I guess just from the writing standpoint, that Celine and Trudy were not as close as we thought they were. And two, this just shows us that Danny is a Republican. <laughs> she just thinks that if something bad happens to you, it's your fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I can at least give Danny a pass. She doesn't know Trudy very well, and Trudy hasn't been nice to her, and she's like, what is her deal? You know, so to her, Trudy's outburst just feels like you know, added on, Trudy just seems that type, you know. She's wrong, but I understand why she feels the way she does. But this is Celine's chance to actually clear up the air and defend her friend. And instead she just says, No, you're right, Trudy's crazy. She's done the mm. same thing to me. And I'm like, Celine, you sack of gosa, I can't believe you just pulled that. It makes me mm. so angry. I can't believe she just did that. Like, you know, Danny even asked, was there something going on with you and Bray? What is, she has the nerve to be like, no, not really. He was just there for me when I need, shut up, Celine. Shut <laughs> up, Celine. They're playing you the liar. game. It's part of the game. They're playing the game right now. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you liar. And this is the same Celine who in season three is going to be like, Bray abandoned me. Everyone leaves me and blah, blah, blah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
And she says this to Danny while at the same time making sure Danny doesn't think of Bray as available to her. Yes. No one can ever mm-hmm. replace Amber. I'm like, Celine, you are a garbage person. <laughs> mm-hmm. You really, really are. I try to defend you and then you pull something like this. Ooh. I think, I don't know. I think the more I watch it or this episode, I think um, the more they drop the ball hard with Danny's character. Because I feel like she could have, obviously she doesn't know Trudy. She doesn't really know much of the tribe at this uh, given point. But I don't know. I feel like she could have said something smart back to Trudy. And I felt like people would have gave Danny a little bit of a pass. Yeah. Towards her character being there. That's right. Heck, we would have given Danny a pass if she would have actually gone out and searched for Brady. Yes. Actually, Danny does eventually go searching. Um, she's one of the few people who actually does. But um, it's she just hasn't done it yet. Again, I don't know why they haven't done it yet. But in Danny's defense, she does eventually go searching for both yeah. Trudy and Brady. And what she's one of the few, she does it even when Bray doesn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. She could have been such a badass character. And she was like, I'm going to go search for Brady. I'm not coming back until I get her. And then she like pulls out her crossbow and then walks out. <laughs> oh, Carlin. I'm so <laughs> that sorry. That would have been so badass. Come true. They just didn't care enough about her. Sorry, buddy. That's, that's a good point though, Colin. Because like, this could have been like a really good moment for an outsider like Danny to connect with Trudy and just, just show a bit more of, of her personality. But we, we just don't get from anyone any sympathy or empathy. <sighs> I'm kind of curious how this would have all gone down if it was still Amber in the role. Mm-hmm. Because how weird would it have been for Amber to be this disconnected to Trudy's tragedy? <laughs> Amber would have searched. It would have been just very strange. So it's like, I can't help. I noticed they, like, I know there's some things they changed. There's some things they clearly changed, but there's plenty of times you can see where they didn't. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder, like, was Amber also written to be this way when the baby disappeared? Like, geez, what the heck were they going for? Actually, it makes logical sense if Amber just stopped caring about Trudy. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. I can't imagine Amber would have been written the same way. It's hard to imagine it. Well, it makes sense if she just stopped caring about Trudy, because that's the no. only logical reasoning to why she would take her man in the season to come. No, no, come on. Come on. <laughs> I, mean, I hate, I hate what she does in the future more than most people, probably. But no, Amber would not have responded this way. In fact, I dare say neither would would Zandra. And that's the thing. I don't think half the Mallrats would be naturally responding with so little care to this situation. And yet that's how they've all been written, to just not give a damn. And it's very confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't any of you care? What is wrong with all you people? Ryan, you really don't care about the baby. Not at all. Not even a little bit. You don't feel sorry at all? You know? I, I, Dow? Dow? You don't care? I just, I don't get it. I don't, I think they're all, and it would have been even more obvious if it had been Amber also just not caring. Yeah. They they couldn't have found a way to work that in. And that's, I do find that interesting. Like, wow, I wonder what the scene would have looked like, you know, when Amber was in it. Did they have a written to be just as callous and uncaring as everybody else? And how weird that would have been. Because it already is weird. It just would have been Mm -hmm. really weird. Yeah. How? You know, it's funny how many episodes the show produces a season and they still don't have the time to 
to do the little things that shows characters caring for each other. <laughs> yeah, but that's because it's the everybody must hate Trudy show. I mean, yes, like this, it's definitely deliberate because of what's going to happen, but it's just done badly. <laughs> it's done so badly. It's done very poorly. I oh. again, I, I think I figured out what they're going for, but dude, you're just making us hate all of these characters. Why would you go for that? I feel like you could have still played out why you know uh, Trudy would feel neglected by her friends and be susceptible to the Guardian yeah. without making her friends so hateable. You could have done it as if that was Trudy's perception of her friends, you know, because that happens. But her perception could still be wrong. And instead, you wrote it as though, no, it's not just her perception. Her friends are just really awful and don't give a crap about her, you know? And mm -hmm. I'm like, you, you could have done this without destroying the mall rats, I feel. Yeah. But again, they're the bad guys. Because so. yeah. I've seen kids deal with traumatic situations and respond badly in ways of lacking empathy. But all of them? All of them. <laughs> Well, you know what? You know what I would have loved to to see. I, you know what? I would have been fine with all the mall rats being a complete jerk to Trudy, right? I would have been fine with that if there was like a moment where Bob walks in on Trudy, like crying and whatever, and then she like you know consoles and in, into the dog, almost like a, a dog ther therapy kind of thing that that goes on, and. I don't know. I feel like that would have been so much more because at this point, I still don't care about Bob, and he would it would have at least made his death more meaningful. Or maybe that's just me. It might be just you, but that's because you don't really connect to Bob. So I mean, that's fair. Uh, you don't. But all right, let's get the rid of Bob. Us, you, huh? you know, the rest of us commit. <laughs> we, we're already connected to Bob, and we already feel that what he does is enough. Granted, I don't. I wouldn't have minded seeing a, a scene like that. It just would have yeah. added to just how horrible trudy is feeling and the only comfort she's getting is from freaking bob yeah it just would have made me love bob more i already love him but um yeah i get it i get why you don't feel that connection to him but this was his time to shine him him and uh danny's yeah but that that scene at the table again i understand where danny's coming from i'm not happy with the things she's saying it doesn't make sense some of the things she's saying and the way she's downplaying why trudy would be so upset but it's Selena more upset with because yeah. this is Selena's chance to correct Danny's misguided view of Trudy. Okay. And as her friend, <laughs> as someone who loves Brady, like it's her own child. This is the time for her to say, look, Danny, you got it all wrong. Let me put you straight. And she doesn't, she just says, yeah, you're right. Trudy's crazy. Yeah. She but you know, that's, that's how we live. We, it's, you know, she should have, she should have, just said, of course he's upset. Her kid's missing. Yeah. yeah. No, even that would have been enough. And, like, duh. Like, this isn't about you, Danny. But no, no, not Celine. Way to go, Celine. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, girl. See if I stand up for you again. Jeez. Okay, and then just finally, um, what did you make of the cliffhanger ending with the Chosen arriving and stating it is now time to avenge Zoo? And um, obviously, we don't get to see Brady in that scene either. The fact that we didn't see Brady kind of scared me. Yeah. <laughs> because What's they the said they were, but they said they were going to reunite her with Zoot. <laughs> yes. And now they want to avenge him. 
Yeah. They're creepy. It's a bit of a dragger. You know, the baby <laughs> isn't in the scene and now they're talking about you just and it was it hits harder to home that nobody at the mall cares about this child being missing and who knows what bad thing has just happened to her. I also think this is one of the best shots of the the chosen with them like overlooking the city. It definitely brings on a feeling of all right, you guys, you can decimate the mall rats. I'm very upset with them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> do what you must <laughs> just bring back that baby and then kill the others kill the spares <laughs> kill the spares I think personally I was like yeah you can get rid of everyone but leave Ebony and Bray they still have things to work out <laughs> <laughs> they still have things to work out <laughs> and just briefly guys uh, we've got a question that's come through from one of our listeners um how um do you think that jaffa knew about the baby oh right i think we all had like there was a discussion about this and someone actually pointed out really well like you know there's suggestions that maybe ebony let it slip among her locos you know Mm because she didn't know there was a baby either until she broke into the mall you know um but someone actually had made a point that the chosen are they're you know they'd already made their plan so they might have already had spies going around you know the morons aren't being very quiet about their relationships to each other i'm i'm willing to bet it was chosen spies who picked up on the information that bray had a niece and he only had one brother jaffa knows that Mm -hmm. and uh that's how he formulated his plan i think that he clearly just saw trudy was pregnant when she was with the locos but let he didn't because even uh, Zoot didn't know she was pregnant. She left yeah. before she was showing. Even Zoot didn't know then. So yeah, he, that could mean that at that point. <laughs> she left before she started showing. But he did know that Zoot and Trudy were together in the past. Yeah, no one's saying he didn't. I'm thinking that it was either Ebony might have yeah. let slip her locos that, you know, I don't think she would have, but she might have. It's possible. I think it had to do with Chosen Spies. Since we already know they had this plan, you know. And yeah. Brady was already born when we s- still saw Luke around, and we know he joined the Chosen later. Yeah. Here's my answer. I think Jaffa, I think he prayed to Zoot, and Zoot told him. <laughs> <laughs> he had another vision. I'll say a lot of things about Zoot, but I didn't think he would take tell that crazy man, yeah, I have a child who I've left <laughs> behind, and is vulnerable in this round. I don't think Zoot would do that. Uh-uh. <laughs> Then again, I don't think uh, Zoot. I don't think Zoot and Jaffa had the kind of relationship Jaffa likes to imagine in his head. So I'm pretty sure that's true. But I'm I'm thinking <laughs> it would probably be more like a, a Joan of Arc thing, where it's like I have visions. They told me this, and <laughs> it's coincidentally, the you're right. It is a baby. Um, so yeah, thank you, Simon, for the question. Um, so yeah, there you go. It's either chosen spies or a divine message from Zoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the divine message. <laughs> Um, and on that note, that brings Series 2, Episode 10 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, then you can send us a message over on our Facebook page or fill out the form on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for Episode 11. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.